0: This is the Bible in Wenya Express, Day 116. Right Relationships At an Alpha Conference we held in East Malaysia, there were people from all over Asia. Many had been persecuted because of their faith. One man told me that his father had been imprisoned for six years for the simple fact that he was a Christian pastor. He himself was in prison for a year, aged 19, for speaking out on behalf of his father. It's a terrible injustice when the innocent are convicted and imprisoned, even worse, when they're executed. In the New Testament passage for today, we read of one of the greatest injustices in human history. Jesus was totally innocent. He was a righteous man, yet he was executed by crucifixion. The Apostle Peter explains it like this, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. The word righteous is often associated with the self-righteous, but has almost become a term of abuse. However, righteous in the Bible is a wonderful word. It's also extremely important for our understanding of the whole Bible. Righteousness is ultimately about right relationships, a right relationship with God and right relationships with others. In the New Testament, we come to understand that this righteousness is only possible through faith in Jesus Christ. From Proverbs 10 The lips of the righteous nourish many But fools die for lack of sense A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes But a person of understanding delights in wisdom What the wicked dread will overtake them What the righteous desire will be granted When the storm has swept by The wicked are gone but the righteous stand firm forever. The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. The prospect of the righteous is joy, but the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. The righteous will never be uprooted, but the wicked will not remain in the land. Blessings of the righteous. The book of Proverbs contrasts the life of the fool with the life of the wise. It also contrasts the life of the righteous with the life of the wicked. Here are some of the many blessings that are promised to the righteous. First, difference to others. The lips of the righteous nourish many. We cannot be righteous in isolation. Righteousness is about our relationships. It's about bringing blessing to others. Who could you nourish, feed, guide, encourage with your words today? Second, delight in wisdom. Those who have insight, delight in wisdom. One of the things that come from a relationship with God is a hunger for knowledge and wisdom. Ask for wisdom today. God promises to give wisdom when you ask. Third, desires fulfilled. What the righteous desire will be granted. God's Spirit begins to change your will to align it with His. And, as it becomes aligned with His will, God promises to give you the desires of your heart. Fourth, destiny of joy. The prospect of the righteous is joy. The righteous stand firm forever. The fear of the Lord adds length to life. And the righteous will never be uprooted. Right relationships are a source of great joy. Your joy is made complete in a relationship with Jesus. Your destiny is eternal joy. Lord, I pray for wisdom today, that you would put a guard over my lips so that my words may be used to feed and guide others. New Testament from Luke 23 Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, And the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us! But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence. We are punished justly and we're getting what our sins deserve, but this man's done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, Today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, He breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who'd come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath. In obedience to the commandment. The righteous for the unrighteous. This passage gives hope to us all. We see from the example of one of the criminals who was executed with Jesus that the moment you recognize your sin and turn to Jesus, you receive total forgiveness and are put in a right relationship with God. This man did absolutely nothing to earn. This gift. He did not even have the opportunity to be baptized. Yet instantly, this criminal received the promise that on the same day, he would be with Jesus in paradise. How is this possible? First, righteousness of Jesus. Is there someone who's hurt you whom you need to forgive today? Jesus sets the bar very high in terms of the challenge to love our enemies, our critics, those who sneer and mock us. The test of our character is how we respond when we're suffering and in pain. Jesus, as he's being tortured on the cross, prays for his torturers. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Jesus was living in a right relationship with God. His very last words recorded in Luke's Gospel are Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Even the Roman centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. Second, unrighteousness of us all. The righteousness of Jesus is contrasted with the people who stood watching, the rulers who sneered at Jesus, the soldiers who mocked him, and the criminals who were punished justly and getting what their deeds deserved. One of them hurled insults at Jesus, the other rebuked his fellow criminal, and turning to Jesus, he recognized his own sin. We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. And the righteousness of Jesus, this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Third, righteous died for the unrighteous. This passage is full of irony. As the rulers sneer at Jesus saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he's the Christ of God, the chosen one, the soldiers mock. If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. One of the criminals calls on him, aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Actually, he is dying in order to save them and us. And in doing so, he cannot save himself. He's dying as the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. The curtain of the temple is torn in two, symbolizing that through the death of Jesus, access to the presence of God is made possible for everyone. Jesus has made it possible for you and me to have a right relationship with God. Fourth, righteous or unrighteous. In the contrast between the two criminals and the difference in their reaction to Jesus, Luke lays before us the decision we all need to make. You can reject Jesus, as one of them did, or you can put your faith in him, as the other one did. When he turned to Jesus and said, "Jesus, remember me." Although many at the time rejected Jesus, others put their faith in him. For example, Joseph of Arimathea, a good and upright man, came to believe in Jesus. He'd not consented to the decision of the council, was waiting for the kingdom of God and arranged a dignified burial for Jesus. The women who'd come with Jesus put their faith in him, they followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laying in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. You too get to choose. When you put your faith in Jesus, he promises that, like the criminal who turned to him, you too will be with him in paradise. If you ever feel the burden to try to earn God's love, you can be comforted by this passage that there's nothing you can do to make God love you more and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. Thank you, Lord, that by faith you give me the gift of righteousness and put me in a right relationship with God. Old Testament from Joshua 9 and 10 Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, be strong and courageous. Righteous by faith. Joshua says to his leaders exactly the words the Lord had spoken to Joshua himself at the start of his own leadership. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. Hear these words for yourself today and then pass them on to others. The name of the king of Jerusalem was Adonai Zedek. Zedek means righteous. However, in all probability, he was far from righteous. It's likely that the people living in Canaan at that time were involved in all kinds of child sacrifices and other evil practices. On the other hand, Joshua was living a life in a right relationship with God. The New Testament makes clear that the righteousness of Joshua, like Abraham and others in the Old Testament, came by faith. Joshua was a man of faith. The results of the death of Jesus are not confined to those who lived after him. The death of Jesus affected those who lived before him as well. Jesus died for Abraham, Moses and Joshua. He died for the criminal on the cross. He died for me. He died for you. We are made righteous. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Lord, thank you that you died. The righteous for the unrighteous. Help me to live today in a right relationship with you and a right relationship with others. Pepper adds, In Luke 23, verse 55, we see that the women were loyal, brave, and practical. They found out where Jesus' body was laid, and then went and did what they could. They had supported Jesus financially and practically during his life, and they were going to continue to care for him, even to the very end.